You're listening to the Leaders of the Future podcast, where we believe the leaders of the future are the students of today. Welcome to episode eight, and we've got a bit of a special one for you this time, where we get to interview Pastor Glenn Barrett from Audacious Church, Manchester. This is a phenomenal conversation where Glenn shares some of his leadership and spiritual leadership insights, and we hope that you get as much out of it as we did. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Leaders of the Future podcast. My name is Joel Bagnell. I am from Lift Leaders. And typically, as usual, I am joined by my friend from the British Isles, Julian Clark. Hello, Julian. Hi, Joel. How are you doing today? I'm doing mighty fine. Thank you very much. The, the British Isles are better for us connecting in this way, I'm sure. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, I will take that as a compliment. Thank you. Um, so, Julian, we're really excited today because we have a special guest. Uh, we do. Honor and a privilege. Who do we have joining us today? We have Glenn Barrett with us today. Hi, Glenn. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Hey, we're Very good. good. It's so good, so good to have you with us. I'm going to let Joel introduce you properly, though. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I'm going to do that, but. Um, Glenn, we actually have a little bit of a tradition here, um, just because there, there will be many people who know who you are, uh, but there will be some who, who might not know. Uh, and so we have this thing called quick fire questions. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a way for us to get to know people. Uh, I call them, we call them quick fire questions. Some say it's because we fire them quickly. Others might say it's because they could quickly get us fired. Um, <laughs> anyway, so when I ask it, you have roughly about five seconds to answer. The first thing that comes to your mind, and then yep. we'll get on to the real salutations. Let's try. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> Which football team would you rather support? Manchester United or Liverpool? Manchester United. <gasps> oh, I did not expect that one. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I know. It makes sense. You are based in Manchester. Okay. Next question. Who does better coffee, England or Australia? Ah, Australia. Yes! Come on! Without Sorry. a doubt. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to preach all through Europe, so thank you for <laughs> helping that cause. Uh, well, listen, it, let, let me add lib on that for a second, because if I go into a coffee shop in Manchester and they hear my Aussie accent, um, the amount of times that baristas go, oh, no, because I'm an Aussie mm. in a coffee shop in Manchester and they know that we have really high standards. So. Do they assume you'll order a flat, a flat white? Yeah, they do, actually, yeah. <laughs> I love that drink. Anyway, uh, okay. Your biggest fear or phobia? Biggest fear would be falling from a great height. Okay, that's good. Uh, favorite holiday destination? Ooh, an island off the coast of Malaysia that's called Pankalau. Okay. Wow. Stunning. Wow, I thought you were going to say Noosa, Queensland, but I won't be disappointed. So, well, that's where my family live. If I'm there, I've got to visit family. So, got to represent. Um, <laughs> favorite favorite church other than Audacious Church? Mm, Planet Shakers. <laughs> Planet Shakers. Okay, yeah. that's a good answer there. Uh, your most famous dance move? Um, the waltz. The waltz. Okay, I was, was going to expect something like the Glenn Barrett bossa nova, but the waltz, that's good. And last, last question, we'll bring it into a meaningful roundup. Who is your favorite theologian? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to go for, oh, gosh. I know I'm over time, aren't I? Uh, 
There is grace. There is grace in the kingdom. Listen, I'm going to go with Matthew Henry for now. Matthew Henry. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I assumed it would have been more like a Matthew Henry and not a John MacArthur or something like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for that, Glenn. That was good. We didn't, hmm? I hope we didn't offend anyone out there. Um, Maybe some British people about the coffee thing, but that's okay. We'll we'll survive. We but uh, for, for those of you who who don't know who uh, Glenn Barrett is, he uh, pioneered an incredible church uh, in Manchester called Audacious Church, which isn't just uh, a church that has made a great impact on the city, but in in the UK and throughout Europe and uh, pretty much anyone who has a relationship with that church. But um, also is the the leader of the Assemblies of God in. Uh, the United Kingdom, and uh, I would say, in my opinion, uh, a world-class preacher and leader. So it's a true honor to have you uh, sharing with us today, Glenn, and, uh, and taking a few moments to just invest into uh, hopefully some young leaders' lives and people who um, work with some young leaders. Well, thanks, Joel, and thanks, Julian. It's good to, good to be uh, on podcast with you today. And Joel, good to uh, renew acquaintance with you. I've known you for a lot of years, actually going back to all the years ago that you used to live in Brisbane. So it's, it's good to see you again. The beard's looking good there, my good friend. Beard. Thank you. It's, it's, it's got a little bit more gray in it. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think I was there. Uh, was it the first official Sunday that you launched audacious church? I actually think it was. Yes. Yeah, September, 2007. So <clears throat> your pastor at the time was over, was over with us in and around that time. And, um, and yeah, you came, it was actually probably three, three months later, November, I think it was 2007. You were with us. That was a beautiful time, though. It was fun. That was so big, much big fun. Big question to ask, but did you know him when he had hair? That's the thing. <laughs> I knew him when he had an afro. Uh, right. afro. Okay. For those, of you, for those of you who can't see, I've got a picture up on screen here right now. And, uh, it's, it's a shame you can't see it, but yeah, amazing. <laughs> afro. I've never had that one before. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Glenn, we're on this journey. Um, Julian and I have been talking over a few episodes, and we've asked a few other leaders uh, around this topic of defining leadership and measuring leadership. And um, I was pretty quick to jump into defining leadership because I love things like acronyms and simple tools to define leadership. Julian was definitely uh, more of a connoisseur when it came to uh, defining leadership and was reluctant to, uh, but he would rather explain uh, the principles and, and more of the, the deeper thoughts around leadership. But one, <laughs> he's rolling his eyes. Um, one question we wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite definition of leadership? Uh, you can't go you know, beyond John Maxwell. Leadership is, leadership is influence. But if, if I could add to that, that it's influence over three areas, three major contexts, and that is self, self, context, and others. I think that firstly, if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. I think secondly, you've got to understand the context with which you lead. And thirdly, leadership is about leading others into, uh, into a new and, and brighter future. Um, so those three things would be key in terms of influencing self, context and others would be my, my full understanding of leadership. That's brilliant because that is definitely one of my favorite ones, the, the John Maxwell definition but i've never uh, heard it extended like that i think that's really practical what do you think about that julian no i love it i always like it sim when it's simple for people can grab a hold of that can't they and um yeah i'm certainly not going to disagree with you but um you know leading yourself I, I think, leading yourself well 
that has to start there, doesn't it? Because if people look at you and think you can't even lead yourself, <laughs> why would I want to yeah. follow you? Um, is always a great place to begin. Sorry, you were going to say. Yeah, something. I no, I think so. I'm, I'm currently a third year master's student, and my master's is in leadership, doing a master's of leadership. And so, over the last three years, I've read a, read a lot of academic research, everything all the way through from you know university research to Forbes to to Christian analysis of what leadership is, and it gets more and more complex the more you read into it. So I do think that the more simple we can we can we can define it, the, the better it is, especially for emerging leaders to understand Definitely. that you can, you know, in the context of, for example, um, ministry or politics, people can aim to be on stage or in front of cameras or whatever. But in actual fact, you've got to understand firstly how to lead yourself. Mm. So how are your budgets? What's your appearance like? You know, what are your emotions like? What are your relationships like? Because if you get any of those wrong, it negates everything else. So leadership always starts with yourself. And then secondly, context is about knowing your place, knowing the worldview that you have through, you know, the filter through which you see the world. And then thirdly, then you've earned the right to, in effect, lead others. So good. Yeah, brilliant. So good. I love that. One, one question I wanted to ask you um, was, do you have a, I mean, you probably have many leadership inspirations, but do you have someone that you really look uh, to as an inspiration or someone who you really point to when you think about great leadership? Yeah. Listen, I'm going to break that down. If you don't mind in two areas, past and present and past would probably have two elements to it as well. So in terms of past being long dead, long gone, I think we can be mentored by the heroes of church history. And so, you know, I'd, I'd go probably more into more modern day church history. If I could go back 200 years or so. And I think Charles Haddon Spurgeon, for me, was a standout leader of the church of God in not just this nation, but the nations of the world. I think, you know, there were certain elements of his lifestyle that, that humor me um, in that godly, <laughs> godly, but, but certainly humorous. But I think the way he effectively was able to lead his, through his church and other churches through principally being a preacher, of course, known as the Prince of Preachers, and so I think um, any leader in a, in a church context should be an avid reader of people like Charles Haddon Spurgeon, read his sermons, not just the modern translations of them, but the language that he used back in the day as well. I think there's a lot to be learned through that. Um, somebody more, more recently passed away in terms of church would be my dad. My dad was a theologian. My dad was a, a scholar. My dad was a five-point Calvinist, which uh, vexed me greatly. Wow, um, I did not know that. He, yeah, but he was an incredibly uh, intelligent leader, pastor, and was you know a great inspiration. If I could, if I could think about a modern day um, leader who really inspires me, that would have to be uh, Pastor Russell Evans. Um, I think for many reasons, but one of them being his ability to impart something. Mm. I think that there are leaders who who are good at being an inspiration. They can model something that, that's worth following and they can transfer head knowledge to head knowledge. But where Russell, Pastor Russell exemplifies leadership is through impartation. So something trans, transfers from his spirit into the spirit of those who kind of, you know, are prepared to submit to his leadership and you're able to walk away and sometimes not even uh, um, be able to, put into words what has transpired, but you just know you're different. Mm. And I think mm. that, that that leadership through impartation is something that we don't spend a lot of time thinking about 
a lot of time talking about, but I think it's a really powerful tool and trait um, for, for, for a leader to grow in and to have. And, and I would encourage every listener out there to find someone who, who not just stirs your thinking, but someone who stirs your spirit as well, that when they speak, something leaps and responds in the inside. Uh, I think that's overlooked and, and definitely necessary. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, just kind of listening to you there, um, not wanting to miss anything you were saying. Totally. Just love it. Love it. So um, really, really helpful, I think, as well, what you said at the end there for young leaders who, um, let's say, might think they know they know it all already. Um, there's a lot of learning to be done on the leadership journey and you know you can glean it from people from modern day but you can go back in the like you say into the past and learn a lot from those who lived 200 years ago as well so I love that yeah and um, we in the, some of these podcasts we've been talking about how to measure leadership and um, looking at different aspects of that do you have a way that you would do that if you had a group of young leaders to either measure their effectiveness as leaders or their growth as leaders or any other way? Yeah, uh, we have a whole system of uh, not only church health metrics, but leadership metrics that are really, really important. If I, if I could maybe state the obvious here, and that would be that one of the things that I'm really interested in when it comes to identifying a leader and a very key metric associated with a young leader, especially, is what good people are saying about them. Not so much about what they're saying about themselves and not so much about uh, potential fruit, inverted commas, of them as young leaders in terms of what they're achieving with you know, rungs on the board or certain uh, figures associated with how many are following them on either social media or whatever. But one of the things that I listen for is what do good people say? Mm. Because what good people say about good people is often a very clear metric for the success that a young leader has in firstly leading themselves, secondly, them understanding their context, and thirdly, potentially me creating a, a space for them to lead others. What I've discovered is this, is that good people say good things about good people and good people say nothing about people who are negative or difficult people. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So in other words, good people don't gossip negatively about inverted commas, bad people. They just say nothing. So when I hear enough people talking about a certain person in a really favorable light, that often is enough for me to go, you know what? That's a clear metric that shows me that the hand of God is upon this young person, that they're living their life and they're leading themselves in such a beautiful way that good people are, are talking them up. Um, you know, I think beyond that, you obviously have fruit of leadership. You know, the Bible says, Jesus says, you'll know them by their fruit and that's key. But, but for me, good gossip, good conversation about a person is, is a very clear and very key metric. No, that's amazing. And, um, Joel's come up with this acronym using the word leader to kind of help us on that journey. Talk about, um, love, talk about, um, I'm going to forget them now. I'm going to have a mind blank. Being an example, um, actively growing, discipleship, kind of expanding their ability, and the last one kind of taking on responsibility. But I guess that's the kind of things you're wanting to hear about, isn't it? From those yeah. that are talking about them, rather than honing yeah. on them, honing in on them specifically. So no, that's really really good. Well, what what I love and about I think... oh, so you go, Glenn. 
No, I'm just saying with regard to the responsibility, I think what's brilliant about the leader acronym is that, you know, L-E-A-D-E is mostly about what they are dealing with internally, mm. the self-leadership. And then the R, the responsibility, there's two aspects to responsibility. That's the responsibility that's given to them by another leader. But I'm actually more interested in the responsibility that they take on their own shoulders. Mm. You know, they see a need, they see a gap, they see a problem, and they, they decide for themselves that they're going to become part of the solution to potential problems that they see. Um, so, you know, the majority of leadership in that sense really is to do with self-leadership. That's very good. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to use that observation. Um, yeah, it's yours. Oh, thank you. See the gifts they keep giving. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. what I was, what I was going to say, what I love about your um, observation with measuring leadership, we are so quick, I think, uh, as leaders and church leaders to make a framework and make a, make a theory and uh, processes. And that's good. Uh, but I love how practical that is because um, leaderships are about relationship and listening to people, connecting with people and putting uh, weight on what people say. I think that's just uh, good. It's such a, a good tool for, for people to, to use on the run because we can't always stop and get our checklist out and all of these things, but to, something as practical as like, okay, all right. So I've heard them talked about a few times and I know they're a good person. So if they can see it, maybe I need to look further into that. Yeah. 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 So, so um, this last question or the kind of not a last question, but the, the other big question that we'd want to ask is what style and type of leadership do you think is needed now for young leaders whether they're just kind of stepping onto that journey or have aspirations to lead? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. I think one of the things that's really needed now more than ever before is if I could put it into a Bible context and then more of a secular context would be what I would call prophetic leadership. Um, and if I was to use it in the secular marketplace, it would be more innovative leadership. And so, you know, innovation and and prophetic uh, really go hand in hand. And I, I define prophetic leadership by what Jesus says in the gospel of John, I think it is, where he says, I only do what I see the father in heaven doing. And from that, I've got a catchphrase and the catchphrase is this, see it in heaven, copy it on earth. And, and I think that, that there's something to be said for prophetic leaders who are able to often intuitively get the mind of God on things so that when they present it in real time, it's very much ahead of time. If you like, it's innovative. Mm. People would look and say, well, never seen it done like that before. Never really heard that conversation before. I, I think that what we're finding is that we're living in a day where we're seeing less innovative leadership and more um, adaptive leadership. So we're adapting old models and we're adapting old ways and we're reinventing the wheel. But I think true innovative prophetic leadership is about identifying and finding new ways to lead and to influence societies and communities at large. So I would encourage, you know, the, the young leaders out there to really become prayerful leaders to become leaders who know what it is to practice the presence of God in their own lives in a way that they're able to see things in heaven, hear things in the quiet place and are able to then with confidence, humility and courage deliver something new that's not been done before in a way it's been done before. 
um, because otherwise we're just continuing reinventing and, and shuffling furniture, the furniture of ideas as opposed to having um, imaginative, innovative, prophetic insight. Because I do really feel that prophetic leadership is part of the key to unlocking the door of revival across Europe. Profound. Absolutely profound. I love that because, uh, you know, you can go to Amazon and, you know, there's 200,000 plus books in the English language on leadership and the practicalities and technicalities. We love all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, spiritual leadership and understanding spiritual leadership and tapping into what God is doing, what God is saying and learn how learning how to carry that to your generation that is of utmost importance and um i'm so glad that you you speak uh from from that angle of things because we we do need to talk about those things that's like you say about russell and 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 he's had a profound impact on my life not necessarily because we've been close but just because i've been uh catching what he's been carrying as a as a leader in those environments and passing that on to the next generations so i think that's really fantastic yeah, and for young leaders listening, you need to grab a hold of what's just been said. Um, it's difficult to, I mean, it's not impossible to teach that, is it? But you've got to catch that, mm. that desire to want to be in the presence of God, that desire to want to hear what God is saying and not just get a piece of paper out and go, right, we need a plan. Come on, let's come up with a plan. But actually spend the time praying into it, waiting for God to speak, to hear what he's saying. That is that's gold right there. Mm. And we're all looking for those kind of leaders, aren't we? Who do that? Um, yeah. So no, I, yeah, love it. Absolutely brilliant. I think it is a, a, de- a definite challenge for, for every Christian leader to ask the question and, you know, how much time do you spend reading your Bible versus reading, you know, the myriad of other books that are available on Amazon. I know that 10 years ago when I, well, longer than that, maybe, 14 years ago when I brought out my first book um, back when I was a youth pastor and thought I knew everything. Um, <laughs> at that point, there was 800 new Christian books hitting the shelves every week. Wow. And so, you know, I think there's something to be said that when you read another person's book, you're getting secondhand revelation. But when you read the book of books penned by the author of authors, the Bible is the only living word that when you read it and spend time in God's presence, something about reading the living word causes something to live in you. And I think that out of what begins to live in you, a combination of the spirit and the word can give birth to real innovative thinking um, for every leader. So, you know, maybe put down the podcast, stop listening to the podcast, get the Bible on audio again, get the Bible out, read it, spend time looking at that and see what God has to say uniquely and specifically for your situation. I I think there are more answers to be found in the Bible than what we actually probably give credit for. Preach. Yep. Wow. Come on. <laughs> I'll give that a, a huge amen. Yes. So good. Well, um, I'll, uh, thanks. Thanks so much for, for joining us today, Glenn. It's, it's an immense honor. And I know that um, you're incredibly busy with all of the exciting things and uh, huge things that you're doing there through, through the UK and, and beyond. But I, I wanted to just finish with one final question. Uh, and what yeah. would, and it's, the, it's the quintessential question, you know, in these moments, but uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give uh, to young leaders today? My one piece of advice is die quickly. 
well. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies. Can you hear me? Have we lost connection? <laughs> Keep going. It, it froze at a, an amazing time. <laughs> but okay. recover. So die quickly is the lesson. And Jesus says in John chapter 12, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains but a single seed. But if it dies, it multiplies. And one of the reoccurring problems I see with the young generation, the social media generation, and we see it you know, portrayed in things like um, Denmark's got talent, Britain's got talent, you know, the X factor, is you see 14-year-olds coming on stage, crying, saying, I've wanted this all my life. And you think, well, you're 14. You've, <laughs> you've, you've not really had a, a life in, in some senses in terms of being able to make independent decisions. And I think that when it comes to young leaders, we can get so caught up in our own dreams, our own plans, our own desires, that we actually lose sight of the meta narrative. And the meta narrative is, is that God has a plan. Mm. God has a purpose. And actually part of the key to life is learning how to die. And, and one thing I, I definitely learned 20 years ago. Now I was a lot younger. I was in my early twenties. And what I learned was this is that if God is trying to kill you die quickly so that you can have a resurrection. Because sometimes the key to our life, our increase, is learning to get over ourselves, learning to recognize and realize it's not my plans, not my purposes, not my dreams. It's God's plans. It's God's purposes. It's God's dreams. And he is the master architect who can bring all these things to pass in his time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to commit to long obedience in the right direction. I'm not going to jump out. I'm not going to bail out because I'm not getting my way. <laughs> And when I'm in a situation and I don't feel like the plans and purposes are coming to pass, I'm not going to take things into my own hands. I'm still going to allow God to have his way. So I'm going to die to me that he may live. So it's John chapter 12. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains but a single seed. But if it dies, it multiplies. In other words, young leaders, die quickly. Get over yourself so God can bring you to a place of resurrection and bring you into the future that he has for you. Yeah, amen to that. Absolutely incredible. Wow. Thank you so, so much, yeah, thank you. Uh, Pastor Glenn. And hopefully Thanks, another guys. day in the near future, we'll get a chance to uh, chat some more. Look forward to that. And you can have your flat white and I'll drink my, uh, my black coffee. Thanks again for listening to the Leaders of the Future podcast. We hope that you feel empowered and have been inspired to step into greater things in your leadership journey. If you don't want to miss out on the upcoming episodes, why don't you hit subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast on and we'd love to stay connected via social media, whether it's in Lift Leaders or The 19 Project. And until we get to be together again, God bless.